0: Our next guest was different. This dude had a vibe to him. You could just tell he's confident in front of a group of people. And that might be, well, it might have something to do with his background, just throwing himself, hurling himself into stand-up. Well, how do those two things, how does being a clinical professor and, well, professional sports PT and stand-up comedy, What? why? Why Why do these things? Well, other than the fact that he's probably also a human and we have likes and hobbies outside of our uh, professional lives. We found some crossover and some things he was able to take from it, learn and use within his professional career. Adam Thomas is the guest. Uh, so you get to learn from him. He's worked with, uh, well, the Red Sox, professional rugby right now, as well as Northeastern University, where we went and recorded this episode live with uh, the power of ATI. Wouldn't be able to do these, uh, these, these episodes without him. Raising the bar, leading in the physical therapy profession and advancing the future of this thing that we get to do with high-quality, innovative work dedicated to supporting you with what you need, you as in a clinician, with a variety of different opportunities and roles. There's a lot. I was just on their website, atipt.com, uh, just the other day, and there are a lot of opportunities to be able to apply your clinical knowledge and not and outside of clinical knowledge. Clinical, know- clinical knowledge and, yes, and. If you want to learn anything from improv, yes, and is the are the only rules. Uh, so find out how ATI can help you provide great patient outcomes and enhance your career, atipt.com. Now let's get into the episode with uh, our next guest, live from Northeastern University, and Adam Thomas. All right, our next guest, uh, Adam Thomas, an assistant uh, associate clinical professor and physical therapist with a rich history in sports therapy, from the Red Sox to professional rugby. Today, he brings a unique blend of clinical exper- uh, clinical expertise and stand-up comedy to our show. Adam, welcome to the program. I got to start with stand-up comedy because it's 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 different. And it's fun, and I i mean, I was a fan of stand-up comedy when Comedy Central used to just run comedy clips, much like TikTok and Reels do now. Uh, how'd you go that, where where did comedy come in in your life?
1: Yeah, just uh, about 10 years ago, I took a stand-up comedy class, just for the heck of it. 20, yeah. 20 years ago, I took an improv class, and I wasn't really that good at it. And so, I just took it, and I kind of sat on it, and then... One of my former, I used to teach athletic training here, one of my former students started a um, company called Board Teachers, and it's, like, it used to be, like, memes and things like that for teachers, mainly, like, elementary and, like, middle school teachers and high school, and then he started a comedy tour. So he's like, oh, you should be on it sometime, and I'm like, no, 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 so every fall, I try to do something new, and so last fall, I really focused on, like, getting the comedy and got a coach and all that stuff, and so, yeah, did first one was last February in front of, like, 1,700 people.
0: Your first time was in front of seventeen hundred yeah. people. It was awesome. It was cool. Bold.
1: Yeah. The second time I did it in Connecticut it was twelve hundred and I bombed.
0: All right. Right now I'm in front of twenty-three and I'm doing great so far, I think, really, at this point. Well, that's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. My mom listens to every episode. Be nice. Yeah. Um no. So so I like the fact that you said you took an improv class and you weren't good at it. Yeah. And here's why. Because improv improvisation, comedy communicating is a skill and you can learn it and get better at it. The more you practice, you have to want to, and, and again, 1700 people, that's a big practice in front of a lot of people. But how do you, how do you take some of those skills and incorporate them into teaching or teaching people how to work with patients? How do you take some of those things? I
1: think preparation. So, you know, I can go in front of a class and teach something on, you know, a subject that I've been researched and know a lot about and have been teaching for a while and you feel pretty confident. You put me up and say, hey, let's teach something with neuro. I'm probably not the best teacher for that. I'm I'm definitely not the best teacher for that. So um, I just think, you know, the more you can prepare, the more experience you have, and the more you can just, you know, if the audience is there and what they're looking for, if you're in a class, they're looking for you to, you know, give them the knowledge and same thing, you know, when you're doing stand-up, they're just looking to laugh a little bit.
0: Yeah. But there is a preparation element into that thing, right? I mean, it takes Kevin Hart, you know, a year to prepare, prepare a 90 minute set, Yeah, but he can do that front back sideways, but understanding that there's a ton of preparation before any of the guests come on the show. I typically screen them. And it's not to set up a script. I don't have a script. I have, points like you know to me it's like breadcrumbs i want to make sure that there's a story or we're hitting breadcrumbs along this trail to make sure the audience benefits from the insight so uh, what what was the uh, what was the 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 theme of the the first routine that you went with
1: yeah so it was a lot i knew there was a lot of teachers in the crowd so i had to kind of play off so oh, your audience it, half of it was teaching and then the other half was just self deprecation yeah it's way to do so it so it's uh it makes life easier cuz you don't have to really make anything up it was pretty <laughs> pretty honest stuff so our,
0: it, our yeah. imitates life not just good on a t-shirt is yeah. it is in fact true
1: it was only 10 minutes so like that's not I'm, bad either
0: but 10 minutes can be a oh, long yeah. time if you're not prepared right 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 and that's also like you know i remember that was that was that was petrifying the first couple times you'd see a patient yeah. and then every once in a while someone just walked in and go figure it out I'm like there's no notes mm-hmm. and then you have to just talk to the person there's a, right. a walking history right in front of you right right um, professional sports is something you've been uh, yeah. involved in. Walk us through like the, the the story there with you.
1: Yeah, I always wanted to be a professional athlete, and I think you can tell I probably w- didn't have the uh, physique to do that. So, um, you know, I knew I wanted to be in sports. I got an athletic training degree, and then started working. Worked a lot of professional lacrosse with the U.S. team, and then indoor and outdoor lacrosse. And really liked it. Got my PT degree and kept working that. And then, yeah, got a job working you know professional in baseball at the big leagues with you know for two different teams, and then. Right now I'm, I'm working uh, you know, professional rugby, so that's pretty good.
0: What would um what what's something that would surprise a student or a new grad who wants to work in professional sports? What would surprise them that they don't know? What's something you could say Well, I bet you never thought about that?
1: I just think everyone thinks it's really sexy, you know, and which it is sometimes, but when you're working baseball and it's you're getting to the ballpark at twelve thirty and I'm getting home at twelve, you know, it, you really lose out on a lot of things from family stuff sure. to you know, weddings to just hanging out and the fact that I you know, was able to meet my wife while I was working baseball and with that schedule was that's yeah, I was pretty fortunate.
0: Yeah, in professional baseball, correct me if I'm wrong, someone told me the stat and I had to like look it up. There's like Eight scheduled off days if for for one team or something insane like that. So it
1: used to be you'd play 162 games and 100, and you'd have 18 days off in 180. <sighs> now they have a little bit more, so it's probably about 162 games and probably about 190 days. Wow,
0: and that's got to go back to a theme that we didn't know was emerge in terms of preparation. Mm-hmm. You're not preparing. I mean, you're preparing for opening day, but you're preparing for the 73rd game and the 116th game. And how do you keep that team?
1: But those off days are off days for the players, not necessarily for us.
0: Oh, see, that's probably something a lot of people wouldn't know. know. So
1: if we have an off day and, you know, you're in New York, well, the person who's pitching the next day might want to come in and get worked on, or maybe there's a person who got injured the day before. So typically as medical staff, we'd be in there, at least some of us were in there four to six hours. And that was, that's a good day.
0: Yeah. Do you have to have played the sport you work in to be a great sports physical therapist? I hope not. Yeah. What was your sport of choice when you said you wanted to be an athlete?
1: Um, I played, like, football, like, basketball, baseball growing up. I was terrible at them all. And so um, I just think, for me, like, working something, and that's that's a challenge too. It's sure. like, if you don't know, like, I started working professional rugby. I didn't even know we had professional rugby. I don't. I didn't even know half the rules. I still only know, I know most of them, but there's still some <laughs> things I don't know. So I think just, you know, being able to work with athletes, I, ha- I was able to do that, and fortunate to have a little bit of the athlete mentality and, and be able to listen and understand kind of what they're going through. But again, I'm the first to say like, Hey, I didn't do this, but like, what do you, you know, where are we at?
0: Yeah. One of the questions you (laughs) heard me ask uh, two of the other guests, which is how do you build patient trust? And I think it might be a little bit different for professional athletes. Mm -hmm. Their body is their business. How do you approach that? Talking to someone who likely also has been around PTs or athletic trainers or chiropractors coming up through their career. How do you initially meet the new rugby team you're going to work with? And how do you build that trust?
1: I think it depends on the player. You know, if you have someone making $20 million and has an ego, you know, I think you've got to approach that differently than someone who's maybe coming up from the minor leagues or, you know, maybe a rookie and and is a little bit more green to, to listen. So it is challenging, especially when you have somebody that, you know, has um, a guy at home or a gal at home and has, you know, has their own people and you're trying to talk to them about that. So, Uh, For me, and I think a couple of you guys already alluded to this, was like listening. I think that's one of the most important things and hearing their story, but also like what's their situation. And then also being transparent. I work for the team. You know, so at the end of the day, we've got to do what's best for you, but also what's best for the team as well. So uh, I think I live my life on transparency and just being very out in the open. And but also, I think, listening to them and understanding where they're at at that moment, where are your feet at that moment?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Caleb was talking about selling and and marketing and and building patient trust quickly. And whenever someone says to you, trust me, that's usually when you're saying I'm probably I don't want to trust this person because trust really has to be earned, not given. But I but the reason I asked that question was, if you're meeting a team and getting to know them, you really need that trust because they need that athlete to tell you what's actually going on. Yep. You, you need to be you need that transparency. Mm-hmm. How do you bring stand up into uh, into to teaching and into the room? Do you? do you yeah. interject? Yeah, you should.
1: Well, I just think anything you do should be fun. you know, I think at the end of the day, I'd like to think we have a couple of laughs. I mean, there's definitely a lot of serious moments, but at the end of the day, You know, you go to work, you know, you go to school to get an education, education, get a job, a job so you can live your life and be comfortable. And so why not laugh a little bit along the way and smile a little bit and realize that yeah, what we do is serious, but at the end of the day, you can still enjoy what you are doing. Yeah,
0: I don't, I can't remember who said it. They said, "Don't take life too seriously." None of us gets out alive, right? It's like so, might as well have a couple of laughs, yeah. right? Do some things seriously. Um, what do you think? What do you think your your professional journey outside the classroom will will continue to go? Do you still get excited to uh, to work with teams? Is it still fresh after after doing it for a while?
1: Yeah, it's good, but I've done what I wanted to do. Like, I'm happy with the job I have now, and I'm I'm happy that I get to. You know, I'm not traveling as much, and oh, yeah. I'm home every night, and it's so, I think, also enjoying life a little bit, and understanding that I put my time in, and I, I, I went through the grind, and I'm still going through it, you know, right now, but it's uh, not obviously as bad as traveling every other week, and yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I still enjoy it, but at the end of the day, I also want to realize that physical therapy's a job. I don't want it to make it my life. Yeah. And that's it, hard.
0: Sure, sure. How, how, how do you explain that to a student? On how, to, on how to differentiate that job and life
1: thing. I just think there's balance outside of school, too. Like, I think it's important to go out and get a beer. I think it's important to go take care of yourself and go for a run. Well, I probably should do more of that. But, um, like, take you know exercise. Like, put the books down. Like, I, I think I said that when I had them in the summer, the like first thing I said to them, the first semester I have them um, in summer, and we don't have class on Fridays, I said, you should never study on a Thursday yeah. night. Like, ever. I mean, and this semester they have class on Fridays, so they should, but... You know, for the most part, like in the summer, I'm like, you shouldn't touch a book. Like, you're okay with one night yeah. off. Because I think what happens, we see it all the time, is just the burnout of, yeah. like, the education burnout. I'm studying so much, and now it's actually, we're doing worse. And so I think in realizing that we're not, like, you don't want to, like, live your life and make oh, I'm a PT. Like, I want to live my life and make I'm Adam, this is what I do, and PT's a part of my life. Yeah.
0: Um <clears throat> Did you study on Thursdays when he told you not to? Yeah. I did the same thing. And I was a second career student. So I was like an adult. Yeah, I mean, I was old, but I wasn't an adult. And I still did it. And we, it's funny as you say that. It's like we know better, but we do worse. Why? Why? like solve that for me
1: it's just more is better right
0: I get yes and that's the thing I knew it was a diminishing returns thing I was yeah. like we'll stay up till 2 and I'm like but now I'm trash the yep. next day 100%. but I still did it because I to be honest I was watching other people well, do that's it
1: that's the other thing right if someone else is doing it right. know, what works for them and I should and what works we had somebody that was in their class and uh, I think it was you know he's here right now and I was talking about him in my class he would just sit there wouldn't wouldn't really take much notes, and but he'd do great on the tests. That's how he studied. Yeah. But someone asked him, asked one another kid, "How did you do? How did you study?" And he's like, "What works for me doesn't work for you, right?" So realize that too It's that like what works for somebody doesn't work for another person, and don't yeah. just try to you know try to do what they do.
0: The the line was, "Remember who brought you to the dance? Like remember how you got here? Like I got yeah. here on studying a little bit, and yeah. but I was the same way where it was like I don't know record. I would record lectures. I would never listen to them again later, and I would take some notes, but not a lot. But it did get hard when I was around kids ten years younger than me taking. Binders full of notes. I'm like, I have no, th- I have, she has a three ring binder. I have no rings, no rings. Yeah. So I would do that. I guess I need to start taking copious amounts of notes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, and I hate that cliche, but here I go. At the end of a day, do you?
1: Yeah. All right. Do it.
0: Yeah. I guess. All right. Cool. Yeah. Did you, do you have any material? I mean, we got a few seconds. You want to just drop a joke or two? No. no. He's like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. You ready to do 60 yeah, seconds? This is going to be awful. 60 second PT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right.
1: Cause I'm not as passionate about PT as everyone else. That's okay, there, so. let's be
0: real. Just, All yeah. right, describe, this first one will be fun. Describe physical therapy in just three words.
1: Doctor, physical therapy.
0: <laughs> that's four, but you're bigger than me. What's the most challenging part of your job?
1: Um, I think just balancing, you know, both teaching and clinical aspects. Sure, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's good. What's the most rewarding part of your job?
1: Uh, when you get paid.
0: Yeah, okay, good, good. Paid in smiles from your student. No, I'm no, just kidding. No, paid money. I like money. I like money. What's a myth about PT that you often encounter?
1: That you have to do more and more and more to succeed, and sometimes you don't have to do that. Yeah. For, uh, for students, anyhow.
0: What's a common mistake new PTs made make?
1: Trying to you know cure everybody at first visit, like in second visit, and realizing that some people just aren't going to get better. It stinks, but like it is what it is, and we just move on and just try to do the best that we can.
0: Yeah, that was tough for me. It's like yeah. don't tie your emotion to the outcome. It's right. like I'm a part of this, but 100%. I but I ain't this. Uh, what's a book every PT should read? Doesn't have to be PT. Yeah, so not
1: I would recommend a non PT book. I just read a book by David Goggins called Can't Hurt Me. Oh, he's and it's it makes you question like how like if you're sore, you ever hurt like. This guy's a little nuts. Forty percent rule. Yes, forty percent rule. So
0: David Goggins is doing a thousand push-ups right now. Right now, you can hear him. He's doing it right now. It's what David so, Goggins yeah. does. Uh, most underrated skill in physical therapy.
1: And I think someone said, but listening to me, like listening and not like active listening and yeah, let the patient tell. I mean, there's times when patients just ramble. You got to shut them up a little bit. But I think actively listening, what's where are they coming from, and showing them that you're listening.
0: Yeah. Uh, and what's your number one tip for building patient trust? We touched on that a little bit.
1: I think it goes back to the listening and nice just thing. understand what what might be their problem. might not be a big deal to us, but it's a big deal to them, and appreciate that.
0: Don't assume. That yeah, assumption yeah. thing. Last thing we do is called the parting this shot. This
1: is the parting shot. Just
0: last thing, mic drop moment, or one thing you want to leave with the, the audience.
1: I think every PT student comes in and wants to get straight A's. And I, I say it all the time, like, you don't need to have a 4.0 to be a good PT. Did you have a 4.0? No. <gasps> I figured that. Never in my life. So... <laughs> I didn't either, okay? <laughs> yeah. So I think understanding that, like, perfection is where we want to be. Sorry, sorry. It's all right. <laughs> Perfection's where we want to be. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, understanding and getting by and being okay that a B is okay and gets by and understanding the material. I think that's important. B's get degrees. That's
0: it. What's uh, here for Adam? Yeah.
1: This is the PT Podcast.
0: Awesome. Thank you. All right. Let's